welcome to this episode of Preach to Teach. These episodes happen live on Zoom every third Wednesday of the month, and you can stream it live on YouTube or our podcast channel. To get more information, send an email to coast, the number two, and coast.studio at stirredup.com. If you'd like your sermon or message presented on our page, let us know that in the email. All right, let's get into God's word with no more hesitation. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Preach to Teach. Um, Today we're just going to do some what we call basic training, Bible study. We're here with Dr. Lehman Dutal from Thy Word Worship Center located in Plymouth, Minnesota. As we're going to turn it over to the bishop and let him study the Bible and teach us some things that we need to know about the Word. Well, grace and peace, everyone. God bless you. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to thank you and welcome everybody to Preach to Teach. I am excited to be back in the house with this, in this platform with uh, Minister Miller, the host of this platform. God bless him and his family, anointed family of God. Praise God. I'm I'm excited about tonight. If you if you if you came, if you're, if you're tuning in for some good old-fashioned Bible teaching, you're in the right place. Amen. If you came to be entertained, you're in the wrong place. I'm not an entertainer. I am a teacher. I'm a man who loves the word of God. And I know a lot of people out there are trying to get some simple, basic word back, back to the word and back to the scriptures. And so that's my plan tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm planning on and, and and I hope I can encourage somebody and I hope I enlighten somebody. I hope somebody's getting educated. So having said that, I want to once again thank the Lord for this opportunity to come to you and come to his his people, those that are listening, and be an be an, an, an encouragement. I want to be a help. That's my goal. Amen. So once again, welcome to preach. The teach. I love that that title, that theme that uh, Minister Miller has. By the way, Minister Miller is 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 going to be called Pastor Miller in a, in a few days. We're going to be ordaining him and installing him and, as a pastor. Him and his lovely wife. So, congratulations to Pastor Elect. This this Sunday we'll be installing him as as a senior pastor and his his own ministry out in Sartell, Minnesota. Amen. And I believe the name of his ministry would also be called Diver Worship Center. That's the ministry, the name of our church where I'm the senior pastor. So I'm excited about his elevation. It truly is an amazing thing for me to watch and, and see his growth and his maturity and his, his his love, him and his wife, their love for God, the love for the Lord, and also their love for the Word. I've seen it. I've watched them over the years. So I'm excited for them. Yes, I am. All right. 
So I, I, I have no bad, sad news tonight. There's plenty on. There's plenty on the media. You can see that on the ch channel nine or channel five, whatever station you will find. There's plenty of places CNN. You can find some bad news, but you won't be hearing that from me tonight. I want to talk about the Word of God. There's been something that's been on my. It's been in my heart, on my, on my heart, and. It just been I've been dealing with something. That's what I when I talk about anything, I just don't grab something off the shelf and decide to talk about it. God always uses me in this in, in the form of having to I have to have a, a, a this huge pull on me and it is it, this this urge to talk about a certain thing, and that's what he deal with me from week to week. And so today, I'm going to let you know that the name of our topic tonight is fruit versus gifts. I'm going to say it one more time. Fruit versus gifts. So bear with me. This is the first time I attempted to minister to, on this particular subject over the years I've been I did thousands of thousands of messages, and but this is one that I got intrigued about when I noticed something. It doesn't matter; it just amazes me how how long you can read the Word of God, and and and, and it's, it seems like it's always something new. In, in my case, when I read this, it's, it's nothing the same. Something else will jump out. So don't stop reading; keep going, even if you read it before, even if you read it a hundred times, read it again. God will give you a, a revelation, a different revelation. He'll show you things. And, and so I noticed something. We're going to talk. start off talking about uh, the gifts. But there's, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about gifts of the Spirit. This list of nine gifts of the spirit, spiritual gifts. You know, you you start off with wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, and you have discernment, you have prophecy, you have tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And so, and I looked really in, in, in Galatians chapter five, Verse 22, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this. Everybody's not familiar with this, and I'm not going to assume everybody is. And Well, the, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, not fruits, not plural, but it's fruit. And there's also nine fruit listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And let's go. Off the top of my head, I don't have my Bible open, but help me, help me, help me remember, y'all. God bless everybody. Okay, the first one listed is love, love, joy, peace, long suffering, or or patience, and it goes to talk about goodness, gentleness. It also goes to talk about faith. And, and, and meekness and temperance 
or the word, another word for temperance is self-control. And so there's also other spiritual gifts listed for those of you who are wondering, is this just nine spiritual gifts? No, there, there's more in, in Romans chapter 12. It, it lists it lists seven spiritual gifts, two of them that I've already mentioned, but it, it adds five other ones. And these are those in Romans chapter 12. It talks about uh, serving. One says ministering. Another translation says serving. Serving, encouraging, giving. Yes, giving is a spiritual gift. Amen. It also talks about leadership and it talks about mercy. Yes, some people have the gifts of mercy. Some people can get hurt so much and dogged out and continually get misused and hurt and they still have mercy on other people that hurt them. Everybody can't do that. That's a gift. Amen. And the leadership is also a listen. I, I mentioned leadership of of governing. Governing. In other words, for governing is leadership. Thank God for uh, Minister Miller, uh, that's Pastor Elect Miller, who's stepping up in leadership. God is elevating him. And, and I thank God for that. Him and his wife. She'll be the co-pastor. And so and there's another area. Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. And it talks about Jesus ascending, but before he ascended, he descended and he came up with gifts. And those gifts were apostles, prophets, the evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So those spiritual gifts in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 are also positions or titles. But they're also gifts. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that a lot of people who don't have titles, they'll say, well, titles don't mean that much to me. I'm not into titles. There's not a big thing about titles. Titles is not that. Well, to Jesus, that was important because he he gave those positions and those titles. Went to hell and came back, brought him up and gave those gifts for the perfecting and the edification and the work of the ministry. So we need those positions. They're not just positions to be held. They're spiritual positions that God gave. So don't let nobody talk you down if he elevates you and put you in a position because of your faithfulness. And so, so I looked at all those spiritual gifts and I, and I read 19 of them. And I looked at the fruit of the spirit and I read nine of them. And, 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 and then I noticed that there's one that's listed that's also listed in the other group. In other words, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about faith. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, and healing. 
And all the way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about faith being fruit. So faith is a spiritual gift, and faith is also a fruit of the Spirit. Now, you got to keep your King James handy, because when I teach my students in our, in our school, our ministerial academy, and also in the Dyworth School, Theology School, we, I, I tell them that keep you a King James handy. And I know when you read King James, sometimes you get, you see, you read words like thou and die and, and, and those words that we don't talk like that in America. We speak English, but not that kind of English. At, at King James over in England, they speak English also, but it's not the kind of English that we're accustomed to in America. So people like to read other translations that have the words that we speak. But if you're going to really do a deep study, you got to have the original word that was translated from Greek and Hebrew. So in other words, I think in the, in, in the New International Version, it says, in the NIV, it says faithfulness. It doesn't say faith. So they 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 they've translated it, the word faith to faithfulness. So I looked up the original Greek word in those two passages of scriptures. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the word, the Greek word for faith is pistas. P-I-S-T-I-S. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the Greek word for Faith is also pista. It's the same exact Greek word. And it means belief or assurance. Same word. But when you see it in another translation, so I said, well, Lord, if you got faith listed in a, as a spiritual gift and fruit of the spirit, it must be something that we really need to hold on to and grab on to. And the Lord said, yes, you're right on the money. Because the last time I checked my scripture, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this. And I know some of you know this, but some that don't know it, I want you to hear this. It doesn't say without the gift, if it isn't possible to please God. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those that believe in him must first believe that he is. He is, and he is a rewarder, a rewarder for those that diligently seek him. Yes, those that diligently seek the Lord, he will reward you. See, a lot of people go to church, but they don't, they don't go to the Bible. They'll, they'll go to church meetings, but they won't go to their Bible. They won't, they won't read. They won't, they won't study. They won't meditate on the word of God. But it's something about having faith in that word is going to elevate you above the average Christian. Now, here's something that really tugged on me. I want you to keep that in mind about faith. Now, I noticed that there's been a huge increase in the spiritual gifts. 
spiritual gifts. I heard one person tell me, not tell me, but they told the congregation after I administered, and it, he said that I was just the teacher. I was just, he's just the teacher. You know, and he didn't know, he, I don't know if he meant that in a negative way or being sarcastic, but uh, I didn't take it offense. I kind, I kind of got a little, looked at him a little weird. I wanted to know where he was coming from, but that, but but then the Lord revealed to me that sometimes, I mean, there's been an increase of people who want, they want a, a, a different type of, of ministry, a, a preacher to come in and, and get everybody running and shouting and, 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 and swinging from the chandelier and, and screaming and loud. But I'm not that kind of, I'm not that kind of preacher. And, you know, I, and listen, I noticed something about Jesus. And now the, 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 the scripture says that he gave gifts in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Stay with me, y'all. I'm, I'm feeling excited tonight because this is what I love to do. I love to teach it. And uh, if, if the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher, he gave those offices. The apostle. Jesus was an apostle. Yes, he was. What is an apostle? The apostle is one who is a messenger. An apostle is one who was sent forth, or one who is sent. And Jesus was sent, the Bible said he was sent into the world by the heavenly father. Mm-hmm. So he was sent as a messenger and he, he brought a message. And Jesus was also a prophet. He wasn't just a prophet. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, it talks about that there's going to be a prophet that rises up from among your own brethren. And he's not going to be just a prophet. He's going to be the prophet, T-H-E. It's a definite article. Not just the prophet, but the prophet that's going to bring God's word to earth. So he was a prophet. And he was also an evangelist. Jesus traveled around. Over 200 miles, him and his disciples traveling and walking and moving from city to city, from region to region, evangelizing, ministering, winning souls, preaching the word of God. And he was also the pastor. Jesus was a pastor. He pastored those 12 and not just the 12 men, but the women, Mary and the rest of them followed him and served him and and he led them and he covered them that's why he was called a good shepherd he he was the shepherd that cared for the sheep he's also a teacher so when somebody's called me just a teacher i think it's a compliment you know why because if you read your bible if you read it really study your word of god you'll notice that Jesus followers, the believers that believed in him, mm -hmm. the brethren, they didn't call him the apostle or an apostle, but he was. They didn't call him a prophet, but he was. They didn't call him an evangelist, but he was. They didn't call him a pastor, but he was. They called him rabbi, 
which means teacher, master. Not just the teacher, but he was the master teacher. He was a master teacher. And so Jesus embraced the title pastor, teacher, rabbi, rabboni. Because that's what he did. He made sure people were taught. And so don't let people think that preaching is it, 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 it means to be loud. Because in the fast-forward ministry, it doesn't say nothing about preaching. Because they all were preachers. I've said this once and I'll say this again. My mother, my mother was not an ordained minister, but she went to church every Sunday and Wednesday night. She didn't get licensed as a minister in church. But at home, mama was a preacher. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean by that? Uh, see, once you realize what the meaning of the word preacher is, you, you, you'll have a different perspective on that word preacher. That word preacher means proclamation. Yes, it means declaration. Mm -hmm. That means to proclaim something or declare and decree something. It also means to announce. It means to announce. My mother made an announcement just about every day before she went to work. She declared, she made a declaration. She decreed a thing. She said, when I get home from work, this garbage better be taken out. Your bed better be straightened up. Uh-huh. And the room better be clean. And when you get out of school, I decree and declare that you better take them school clothes off and put on some old clothes before you go out and play. And she didn't say in Jesus' name, but she could have said amen after that because that means so be it. So my mother was a preacher and she wasn't loud either. She made a lot of proclamations. She made a lot of declarations, a lot of decrees over the, over the years. So don't let anybody think that if you're not loud, that you're not a preacher. That's called misinformed individual who believe that. Well, I know there's a lot of tradition out there have brought people up in such a way that they think that you are preachers when you get loud and when you scream and no, no, that's not the word of God. And so, but there's a lot of people I noticed that are just scrambling to get titles and I don't want to brag I'm not bragging on myself but but the Lord has blessed me he has elevated me I am I am a pastor yes and I've planted churches apostolic apostleship is anointed my on my life amen and so 
have degrees and doctor's degrees and theology and past and then and clinical counseling as PhD in both of them. But you know what? I love the title of teacher. Teacher. Now, fruit versus gifts. Let's go there. Come on, stay with me for a little while longer, y'all. I hope I'm not boring nobody. When I, when I get it, I got to excite myself before I can teach somebody else something. It, it has to be exciting to me. Because if it's boring to me, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't even want to hear it myself. But when I notice that people are scrambling to get these gifts, these spiritual gifts, they, they don't want to be called uh, pastors anymore. They don't want to be called uh, evangelists, some of them. They don't want to be called teachers. They want to be called an apostle or an archbishop. But let's notice something about the word of God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, let me tell you about the scariest scripture that I've ever read in my life. And I used to think it was in the book of Revelation. But when I really, really read the word and noticed something, I noticed that the scripture in Revelation, all the scary and apocalyptic, all the disasters, all the calamity that's going to happen in the book of Revelation from chapter 4 all the way to 19, all of those calamities and destruction is going to happen on earth. Down, somebody say down here. It's going to happen down here. But when I read Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus was teaching at the end of the Sermon of the Mount. The Sermon of the Mount. Remember, he was on the Sermon of the Mount. He was on the mountain talking to the thousands of thousands of people who were following him. And he was, if you want to follow me, these are things you got to know about following me. And it started in chapter 5 of Matthew and it ended in chapter 7. But if you read your word at the end of chapter 7, he started talking about prophets. False prophets. There's going to be many false prophets. Yeah, they're going to have the gift. They'll have the gifts. See, the, 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 the gift will get you on the platform. It'll get you on the stage, but it's your fruit that, that's going to keep you there. What are you talking about, Pastor? Because the fruit is called character, the character of Christ. Oh, yeah. He was talking about in chapter 7 of Matthew, he was talking about some false prophets that's going to be prophesying. Yeah. And he said they're going to come in sheep clothing. Mm -hmm. Going to look like us. But inside, they're going to be ravishing wolves. He said, beware of them. And he goes on to say this. And I noticed he didn't say, you'll know them by their gifts. Uh-oh. Somebody just got a revelation. No. He didn't say you'll know them by their gift because they had a gift of prophecy and they was prophesying. But he said you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. See, that's the difference. Jesus said, listen, it's okay to have the gifts. 
but it's more important to have truth. Because the scariest scripture that I read is in Matthew chapter 7, I believe it's verse, starting in verse 21. It says, many will come to me in that day. Oh, come on. Somebody better read Revelation. I mean, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Many will come to me in that day. And say, Lord, Lord. Oh, man. I don't want to mess this up. Let's read Matthew chapter 7. It says in verse 21, not everyone. Uh-oh. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone that said unto me, this is Jesus talking, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But, that goes to conjunction. But, anybody that knows what the conjunction is, is a word that changes the first part of this sentence. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come, verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, what day? That last day. The day, judgment day. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a judgment day. And he said, many going to come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name, have we cast out devils? And in your name, somebody said your name. In your name, done many miracle or wonderful works. We've done miracles in your name. Then I will profess unto them, Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Wait a minute, see, this is not going to happen on earth. This is going to happen in heaven. See, there's going to be many. Jesus said, he said, there's going to be a few on the on the narrow road. It, this is in chapter 7 also. Read the whole chapter. You get time. Matthew chapter 7. He said, narrow is the road. Wide is the road of destruction. And many is going to follow it. Many. Not, not some, but many. A few going to make it. A few going to be on the narrow road, but there's going to be a lot of them that have gifts that's going to be doing miracles. That's going to be having prophetic words. That's going to be casting out demons. Oh, but when it's time to get up in the door, when it's time to get in the, to the, where the pearly gates are, when it's time to get through that gate, Jesus is so sad. I never knew you. And so I'm like, wait a minute, look, how can Jesus, who made everything and made everybody, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 10, he created everything and he made everybody. How can he never know somebody that he made? So you got to understand your Bible. This is for those that's really want to learn the Bible says in, in Genesis chapter 4, talks about Adam and Eve. 
I'm going to take a minute and go there. Genesis chapter 4. Somebody go there with me. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, as she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So that word knew doesn't mean theoretical knowledge. It means intimacy. See, Adam had intimacy with his wife, Eve, and they con she conceived. And she got pregnant and had a baby. His name was Cain. Y'all follow me? So in other words, when Jesus said, I never knew you, that means he didn't know you theoretically because it made you. But he, but he said, I, I was never intimate with you. I, I didn't know you like that. And apparently, you didn't know me either. So you had you had the gifts, but you didn't have the faith. See, there's a there's a spiritual gifts of faith, and there's a fruit of faith. In other words, the it's the faith in Christ. And Jesus, in other words, they were doing miracles, they were prophesying, and they were doing all these uh, casting out demons, but it wasn't in his, it wasn't for the love of God. It was to get their own recognition. There's a lot of that going around now. It's, it's a lot of that, and that's why I'm like, Lord, let me be called a man of God. I care less about being puffed up about a title. Now, I went to school, and, I, I, and I, I'm all into education, but I'm not going to I'm not going to let a title or a gift separate me from the fruit, which is the love that I should have for you, for everything that I do. Not for filthy lucre, not for money, not for fame, not for recognition. Because if I do these things for those reasons, that's all the rewards I'm going to get. In other words, I'm in, the, I'm in this for the wrong reason if I did that. But it's the love. Oh, I thank God. Listen, it's something about that word love. That's a fruit of the spirit. You got to realize that in, in, in Revelation chapter three. Stay with me, y'all. I got I got the revelation. I, I, I was reading it again. And right before the the the, 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 the tribulation period start, you know, when the church leaves, it's going to be seven years of tribulation. But right before that happened in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 and almost the 4, it talks to the church. Jesus is talking to the church. He has seven churches and he talked to seven pastors. He called them the angels of the church. He said, I got a message for y'all. Each one of them, he had, a, he had something to tell to. And it wasn't good. He was talking to the church. He told all of them that he had a problem, except one church. Well, two. Smyrna was a good church. They wasn't, they wasn't wicked. They didn't turn away. They didn't, they started off on the other one started off on fire for the right reasons. But then they lost their first love and they started looking and started 
building and start entertaining and start growing and and they, oh yeah to start selling and growing and getting bigger and, and lord the lord wasn't even in the church no more but it was one church the church of philadelphia you know philadelphia the state of philadelphia is called brotherly love and there's something about that church and jesus told them he told that church he said i got i got a, i got a message for this church he said, because you kept my word, mm -hmm. the word of my patience, because you kept it, I will keep you from the hour of temptation. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. In other words, I'm not going to let you go through this tribulation that's on the way, that's going to shock the whole world, the inhabitants of the world that dwelled in it. I'm gonna keep you out of it. And so he this message was to the church. My thing is, okay, when he told those people in Revelation chapter 7, verse 21, he said, I never knew you. He wasn't talking to Muslims, he wasn't talking to Buddhists. He wasn't even talking to atheists. He was talking to people who call themselves Christians. Who call themselves followers. Using his name. Using his gifts. But didn't have love for God's people. When I prepared this message this morning. Happened to turn on my phone. And I looked at something that was a post that was on Facebook and there was this preacher. I'm not going to say the name of this church, but it was on it was on there for everybody to see. And it was even it was live. And he was talking and he was talking loud. And he was. He was going there. Kind of harsh. And a, and, a, and a, one of the woman, I was a woman, part of the congregation walked toward him, walked toward the front of the church and was walking past him. And he grabbed her by the back of the neck, shoved her away. And then he wanted the church to come on, give him some amens and speak in tongues. Listen, you could speak in tongues all you want to and have all the gifts, spiritual gifts, all you want to. But you don't show love. Oh yeah. Jesus said it's the love. It's the fruit. It's the character. He said you should know them by their fruit. That's why. He told the disciples in John chapter 13 verse 34-35. He said a new command. When he was in the upper room getting ready to go to heaven getting ready to leave them and they was all stressed out. He said, listen, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. Was it new? Yes, it was new. The commandment wasn't to love God. They knew that. But the commandment was to love one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ love each other like he loved them. That was revolutionary for them. They were like, wait a minute, I want 
I don't know about all that. He said, well, if you want to, if, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, you're going to show some love. And he says in verse 34, he said, oh, come on, y'all. John chapter 13. I'm going I'm to take this home, y'all. Fruit versus the gifts. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment. Have I loved, have I given to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you should also love one another. And verse 35 takes it home. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, by what? By witnessing your love for one another. When people of the world see that how you treat your sister in Christ they'll know that you belong to Jesus. Oh yeah. You got a cross? You have, you have a big cross on your neck? Good. But that don't link you to Christ. It only links you to a religion. You carry a certain Bible. Some got some big ones, some got some small ones. That's fine. But that don't link you to Christ. It only links you to a certain church. You have an ichthus, one of those agape fish on the back of your car, on your bumper. That's fine. But that don't link you to Christ. That only links you to a movement known by Christians. But if you have genuine love, that's authentic to the core and it'll link you to Jesus Christ. So spiritual gifts are important. Yes, they are. But the fruit that God, the Holy Spirit gives you, that's what's going to keep you. It's the character of Christ. It's going to change your Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience. A lot of people don't have patience. All of you in Christ, you've been, he's given you that character. You just got to exercise it. You got love in the front and you got self-control in the back. You can't say, I can't help my, yes, you can help yourself. Because Jesus said, I've given you the Holy Ghost and you can have self-control. So what am I saying? My, my, my point is this. Don't be so impressed with seeking after a spiritual gift. Seek after the fruit of the spirit. Because like I said, the gift will get you up there, but it's the character that's going to keep you. There's more people divorcing their wives right now that can preach, your, preach the house down. Bishops, pastors, evangelists, prophets, team. listen, Big titles. Now how can you be a pastor and tell somebody else to, to, to stay married and how to stay married and you don't do it? Uh, I know I'm going to get some hate mail on this one, but you know what? So be it. 
Because that's why Jesus told the people, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, that he, he told them who the Pharisees, you know what the Pharisees, they were hypocrites, they were actors, they were performers. He told the people, listen, do what they say, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. That's what Jesus said. In other words, it's good to tell, it's easy to tell somebody else what to do. But when it comes down to doing it, or you doing it, it's a whole different ball game. We're talking about character. God said, listen, if you think you're going to get to heaven just because you sound spiritual, just because I gave you a spiritual gift and people giving you all kind of accolades and your church is growing and it's getting bigger and women flocking all over you. And, oh, yeah. People bowing. Listen, God said, if you don't repent and return to your first love, I'll come and snatch you the life knife stand out of its place. So I'm more interested in the fruit. Now, I thank God he, he gave me a, a gift of teach, to teach, and I love doing it. But he was, the Lord showed me, he said, when you see error, you, you have to straighten it out. So everybody ain't going to listen to you. They don't, they, they're not, in, they're not impressed. And that's fine with me. Because the Bible says to him to know to do good and don't do it to him is sin. See, when you're ignorant, you don't know. But when you know and still do it, that means you're stupid. You're a fool, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Go after the fruit. Tell God to work on your character. Tell the Lord to build me up in my, host, my most holy faith. Build me up, Lord. That's why he told the disciples in, in, in John chapter 8, he said, yeah, I, the Bible says that many of them, read John chapter 8, he said many of them, after hearing him speak, they, they believed on him. Many of them, many of the Jews, the Bible says. But Jesus says something profound. And here's what he said. Verse 30, John chapter 8. He said, as he spoke those words, many believed on it. Verse 31 says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He said, if, somebody said, if. If you continue, watch out now. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? In other words, just because you go to church don't mean you're going to heaven. Just because you profess my name don't mean I know you. He told those people in Church of Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, verse, he said, listen, because you kept the word because you kept the word. I know the hell you was going through because 
the, the, the Roman Empire was cracking down on every church, but they kept the word. The word of the patient. In other words, they didn't go back when the when the going got rough and all this hell broke loose against them and things, the bad stuff started happening, and they and they was following Christ. He said, Yeah, they, you kept my word. You held on to the word of my patience, and because you did that, I'm gonna keep you from the hour's temptation. We're talking about love, y'all. That's why he said, faith. Mm. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What links you to God, what links you to Christ, is the love that you have for his word, for his church, for him. The sacrifices that he made. The beatdown that he took. Mm. So don't let people let you get caught up in gifts. Get caught up in the fruit. Lord, I thank you for this teaching. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that somebody, Lord, somebody is going to get encouraged. Somebody's going to get a revelation because you won't give it to them. Lord, I did my part. I, I studied, Lord. I, I laid before you in your word. Now, Lord, you brought me to this platform with Minister Millen, who's Pastor elect now, he's going to be elevated because he he loves your word, Lord. He he diligently, diligently sought you. Therefore, you elevate him. So there's someone who's listening to me now. Lord, they're looking for you. They want to make it, Lord. After hearing this, Lord, that, that I mean, some of them realize that it's about love. And it's also about the faith that they have in you. And Lord, some of them feel like they that they're not even worthy, Lord, of your of your love. And your, they, 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 they don't even they, they don't they should they shouldn't even receive your love. But they don't realize, Lord, until I explain to them that it's not how good they are. It's about how good you are. And it's, and it's not what they've done so bad and so good. It's about what you've done. You went to the cross. You suffered and died. And our faith in you for doing that is what's going to get us into the house. So let somebody get the, have a changed mind, Lord. Let somebody be revived. Let somebody be enlightened with wisdom, knowledge, and revelation. Thank you, Father. Thank you right now. And Lord, I thank you that when you see us, me and ones that's under the sound of my voice, we stand before you on that day. 
<clears throat> on judgment day. When we stand before you, Lord, that you will say, well done, my good, I, and faithful, faithful servant. Well done. Come on in, I prepared a place for you. Oh, I know your heart. I know you messed up a lot of times, but I didn't count all that against you because I knew your heart. People looked at you and they thought they, they, they can judge you by the way you look, but they don't realize it's not about it's not about the sound. They can't see your heart, but I can. I know you love me sincerely. You're not like Judas of Iscariot who walked with me for three and a half years. Follow me, follow me. But didn't have faith in me. So Lord, thank you for the gift of faith. Lord, thank you for the fruit of faith. Let those that are listening to me on the sound of my voice, Lord. Let their faith grow and increase. Thank you right now, Lord. Put love in their heart. Let them love themselves, Father. And then they can love you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. The matchless name of Jesus Christ. Of name that's above every name. That one day, every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave you all with, with this last thing right here about his word. The Bible says in, in Psalms 102, he said he exalt his word. Oh, God. He exalt his word above his name. And as powerful as his name is, God said his word he put his word before uh, he exalted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you. Hallelujah. Let somebody be edified. Let somebody get in your word and trust your word and have assurance. Let them have the faith to believe and trust that you're going to work it out for them. And whatever they're going through now is only for a season. Trust his word. He said, because in due time, you shall reap if you don't faint. In other words, if you don't stop, don't give up, don't quit. Get the word in you and know that he is Lord. Hallelujah.
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God bless everybody. Be blessed. Be blessed in the Lord. Be highly favored. Put God first. Let the Lord know that you love him. Show him that you love him. And remember when you pray, prayer is not monologue. Prayer is dialogue. In other words, when you pray, you talk to God. But when you read his word, he talks to you. That's a relationship. Don't let him say, I never knew you. Don't let him say we were never intimate. If we both don't do the, if we both don't talk, then we don't have a relationship. You do all the talking, there's no relationship. God bless everybody. What a powerful, powerful word. We'd like to thank Dr. Lehman Newtall from Thy Word Worship Center, located in Plymouth, Minnesota, for joining us and delivering that powerful, powerful word. Telling the truth, breaking it down so we can all understand it. If you'd like to hear a certain topic or you got some feedback, just send us an email. Coast to Coast dot studio at stirritup.com. That's coast, the number two, and coasts dot studio at S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P dot com. We welcome all comments, feedback, topic suggestions, and things of that nature. Until next time, God bless and thanks for joining us.